Whoops. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. Those of you joining us in the room, those of you joining us online, thank you so much. We like to begin this service with a greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that, uh, that that's true, that the Lord meets us here, that the Lord is with us, meets us right here in the reality that we live in, when, uh, even when we've been called out of the room for something, right? The service is starting. So, would you bow your heads with me? Let's continue the prayer that we've started with these songs. God, we thank you. Uh, reminded of that, that scripture says in you, we live and move and have our being, that you are with us every moment of the day. You are our source of life. You are our source of, well, frankly, every good thing that we experience in our lives. We want to live in such close communion with you, our Heavenly Father, that, it, that you are like just the air that we breathe, that, that we'd be lost without you. God, you know that so many times that's not how we live. We, we live just holding our breath. <laughs> we live just trying to do things our own way and, and not relying on you for all that you have to give us. And God, would, would you please, would you help us to cut that out? Would you help us to quit trying to be so independent that, that we don't reach out to you, our source of life, our source of love, our source of strength? Thank you, God that when we do reach out to you, uh, you give us the strength that we need to make it through each day, to make it through each week, to make it through each hour, each minute. God, we rely on you, and we thank you for being so faithful to your love for us. Today, God, uh, as we prayed earlier, uh, we lift up to you everything that we bring with us into this time of worship, into this time of connecting with you. We, We pray for your healing. We pray for your comfort. We pray for your peace. And we pray for wisdom. We pray for strength. We pray for mercy and forgiveness. We pray for courage. God, there are so many things that we come into this time needing. And we thank you that you are faithful. And that as we reach out to you, we find that you are meeting our needs. Would you help us, God, to be willing to accept the help that you give in whatever form you send it? Some of us who are praying for healing, God, you've you've got doctors ready to be used, nurses ready to be used by you to bring that healing to us. Would you help us to be willing to, to accept your answer to our prayers? For those of us needing wisdom, God, there are some of us you've been trying to give it to us through through friends, through uh, through your word. Would you help us? to be willing to accept your answer to our prayers. God, in all these different ways that you you choose to answer, as you work through your people, as you work in surprising ways, God, would you help us to be open to receiving from you the answer to our prayers? And would you help us, God? Would you help us to be open to your promptings, to your nudges, to your leadership in our lives so that we can be a part of your work in the world as you answer others' prayers, that we might be the ones to offer that word of encouragement. We might be the ones to offer those, those resources that someone else needs. We might be the ones to offer those words of wisdom or that listening, compassionate ear and presence. Thank you, God, for the ways that you are at work in our lives, for the ways that we get to work with you as you work in the world. You are good. You are faithful. 
thank you for showing us this amazing love of yours in your son, Jesus Christ. He's the reason that we're here today. So all of this that we pray to you, God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take just a minute to, to extend that peace to each other. To, to, you can greet each other. It's okay, I think. All right, we're watching the, the numbers, and uh, I know things are not looking great right now. So, you know, but it's okay. Go greet somebody if you feel comfortable doing that, or otherwise just give them a wave and tell them to keep their distance. All right? It's up to you. Well, it's good to have you with us, and uh, as I mentioned, we are kind of watching those numbers as far as COVID stuff goes. That's why I was just getting the update from Crystal, who works at, at Porter, and, uh, and asking her how things are going, and, and there are patients there, definitely, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's what, if some of you need to leave your masks on, that's great. Uh, if some of you, if you're comfortable, you've been vaccinated, and you're you know, seated far enough away from each other or whatever, and you leave them off, that's okay. Uh, it's very possible. We've got a board meeting tomorrow night, and we're going to keep watching the numbers. And so it's very possible we'll have to, you know, all go back to wearing masks or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but we'll keep you updated as to what we need to do to, to try to keep everybody safe. Um, none of us want to have uh, to shut down and go all the way back to just online again. So we're going to do our best to make sure that there's no, no COVID getting spread when we gather together. Um, all right. Uh, Announcements-wise. Um, if you are joining us online or if you're in the room, you can pull out your phone and go to livinghope.info slash connect. There's a little digital connect card there. You can let us know you're with us. You can uh, share with us how we can pray for you, uh, how we can thank God with you. Uh, any kind of comments that you might have that you want to share, we would love to hear those. And, uh, and you can also go to livinghope.info slash give. You can give online. And... Um, Thank you to all of you who gave before last Sunday. We had our missionaries from African Nazarene University here this last Thursday. We were excited to be able to present them with a check of, of well over $1,000 because you guys generously gave to the missions fund. And uh, you can keep giving to the missions fund if you like, but it's going to go to the kind of the general uh, world missions all over the world and support lots of folks. Um, but thank you to those of you who gave specifically to help um, the North uh, the North, Cindy North is the chaplain at African Nazarene University. Her husband, Rob, uh, works there as well. And, um, and it was good. It was good here this last Thursday. Uh, if you're in the room, those of you who are in the room, you can also, back by the, uh, there's an offering box back there. You can drop offerings in. There's little green cards there. You can jot your note on if you'd like and just drop them in there. That works too. Uh, one thing I didn't have on the screens or anything, but I, I did have them on the little printout that I handed out. This Friday and Saturday, uh, Jason Thomas mentioned this, our director of youth ministry, last week, uh, that they're having a kickoff for the journey. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool, like, global party. And so the teens will be gathered, I think, here and, uh, and watching together with, you know, there are watch parties going on all over the world. And I think there's part of it Friday and part of it Saturday. Talk to Jason if you want more details. Uh, I can get you his email address, or I think he'll be here in this next, he'll be showing up right after the service ends if you want to ask him anything. And then uh, mark your calendars because uh, we're not that far away from September 19th. The, uh, so there's Labor Day weekend, Popcorn Fest weekend, church birthday weekend. That's how, that's how September works for us here. Uh, and it will be our 21st birthday this September, which is insane. But anyway, 
Um, I did want to mention too, we've got some pictures up here from the bike giveaway that, uh, that we had here at the church this, uh, this lot just yesterday. And uh, as a group in town, the Odd Fellows, the, the Independent Order of the Odd Fellows, anyway, there's a group of them that love bikes and they take donations, they fix them up, they give them away. Uh, I don't remember how many bikes they gave away yesterday. Uh, was there a number? I can't remember. About 20 bikes that they were able to give away yesterday, and, uh, and they took in a whole bunch of donations, too, that now they're going to fix up and, and turn around and give away again. They're going to be doing this again in October, and um, so we'll let you know more about that when the time comes. But it was a great three hours, and they were super excited to be able to use our parking lot, our location out here. Uh, they said that was, it worked a whole lot better than, you know, they've been trying this off and on for a few years, and they usually are able to give away a handful of bikes but they gave away a ton more this time in part because we're sitting right here on Calumet and we had it on the sign all week. So, and put it on Facebook and those kinds of things. So if you know somebody that needs a bike, there were kids, there were adults getting bikes uh, yesterday, or if you have a bike you want to donate, October 2nd, I think it was, I think it was the first Saturday in October, probably 9 to noon again, we'll be right out here and you can, uh, you can be a part of that. All right, uh, before we get into the message, uh, Diane Smith, come on up, Diane. Diane was wanting... Diane was wanting to, uh, to read a script. She'd asked me a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, Diane loves God, loves our church family, loves the Bible, and um, the Ten Commandments was something she was wanting to read. So let's, uh, let's, let's, I'll hold the mic, okay? Okay. All right. Then God give them ten inquire rules. Do not have any other God. Do not worship either. Greet God. What's that word? Oh, God's name. No. Yeah, treat. You got it. Treat God, God's name, as the most important name of. All us is for the right reaches. Remember the worship day. Keep it special. God working six days to make the earth. The next day he rest. Trust your father and mother. Like important people and obey them, then your life a long do not kill. He sex only with your wife or husband. That's true. Do not store. Do not lie. Do not want things that belong to somebody else. Thanks, Diane. Thanks. Well done. Good job. 
Thank you. When Diane has a favorite part of scripture that she wants to share with us, I am, uh, I'm always happy to have Diane share that with us. So thank you, Diane. We love having you as a part of our church family. Uh, um, now, unfortunately, that's not the passage of scripture I'm reading, I'm preaching from today, uh, but it does connect. I mean, these are, these are important instructions from God, and, uh, and God gives us instructions for an aspect of life that I think we're all going to bump into this week. Um, well, we bump into it pretty much every week, but especially this week. Um, anything different happening this week that you guys are aware of? Anything? Uh... <laughs> we got a teacher in the back of the room who's like, oh, come on, don't remind me. We got some parents that are like, woohoo, and, uh, you know, students who are maybe, oh, not, not woohoo, no, you're sad? Aw. Um, school starts for, uh, for, you know, elementary, secondary uh, students this, this week. Uh, our boys go to kindergarten for the first time on Wednesday. That'll be exciting. And uh, they are still excited about it, I think, right? Okay. Um, Stacy's holding back her tears. Um, but with, with going back to school, that's, that brings a whole new opportunity, especially for kids a little older than ours. You know, they're just in kindergarten. But you know that do any of you remember when you were getting into, like, you know, middle school and then to high school, all the opportunities for drama that get introduced around that time? Um, you know, kids talk, and they include or they exclude, and they do all this stuff. And uh, I, I, I love drama, like, on a TV show. I, I don't love drama in my life. <laughs> I think most of us probably are, are that way. You know, we, some of you maybe you love a little drama in your life. I don't know. I would just assume life goes smoothly. And, uh, and today, I want us to look at some of the things that God has told us that will help us to avoid some of the drama while still having some of the conflict. Um, now, I know none of us really love conflict. Well, I shouldn't say none of us. Again, some of you might really love conflict. But most of us would just as soon avoid it. And that's why we fall into some of the pitfalls that, <laughs> that we're warned against in some of these scriptures. Um, we, we do things that unfortunately lead to more drama and less peace, less health in our relationships. And, uh, and so we're going to look at some of the things that Jesus and the other writers, the other uh, parts of scripture have to say about this. It was just last Sunday as I was walking the dogs and I had my headphones in. I was listening to one of those favorite podcasts of mine and they, they mentioned something called the drama triangle. I don't know if any of you have heard of this. Um, it's the idea that in, in a lot of life, we fall into these roles of, uh, of a victim and a persecutor and a rescuer. You know, those are three parts of the triangle, you know. And so you're, you're walking along, right, and uh, you, let's say you're at school and uh, in one class uh, somebody says something rude to you, mean to you, whatever. They snub you. They do something that really rubs you the wrong way. You don't like it. Your feelings are hurt, right? You go to your next class, and what's the normal thing to do? You know, somebody's saying, like, hey, how's your day gone so far? Oh, man. And you tell them all about how that person hurt you, Right? You're the victim, they're the, the persecutor, and now you're going to someone to be your rescuer. Now, they're probably not going to actually rescue you. They're going to be all empathetic, and they're going to be supportive, and they're like, oh, man, yeah, that guy's a jerk. You know, he shouldn't have, shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. You ought you to meet him after school, you ought to, you know, or something, you know. They're going to, you've, you've created a little triangle there. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus gives us instructions to, like, Avoid that whole triangle thing and avoid all that drama that happens. It just comes naturally to us. Uh, in fact, in the very first scripture that we've got here, uh, listen, listen to this from Matthew chapter 18, what Jesus says. If another believer sins against you, 
go tell two or three of your closest friends so that you can build a coalition against them. And finally, no, it's not what he says, is it? If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. Now, I went ahead and, and hit the, what I feel like is the most important aspect of the whole message in the first five minutes so that if you check out, um, if I've already lost you, I apologize, but if you check out after this, you've already got the most important thing, I think, that you're going to hear today. If somebody hurts you, go to them privately and try to work it out. Point out the offense. Make it clear. Be clear. Be kind. Say, you know, what happened and how it hurt you. And if they listen and confess it and apologize, you have won that person back. And it's a beautiful thing. And there's no triangle. You haven't involved anybody else. It's just you. You've worked it out. Whew, good. You can all move on with your life happy and free. Well... Jesus knows that doesn't always work, uh, but if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that, and they quote something in the Old Testament, everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. They know the importance of this. And so, so take another person or two so there can be, you know, a, a handful of you there. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. And then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Do you remember how Jesus uh, treated pagans and tax collectors? Uh, hated them with a white-hot passion, right? No, 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 Jesus loved, you know, pagans and tax collectors, sinners of all sorts. So he's not saying then you, you know, write them off and you treat them like they're scum or something like that. You still love them. You just recognize, okay, there's a, something toxic here. We tried to involve multiple people who have helped us to be objective about it and, and like, oh, yeah, you really shouldn't have done that. That really was wrong. You need to apologize. And if they're just refusing to apologize, refusing to, I'm like, okay, well, then we can't have that toxicity infecting the whole group here. You know, I'm sorry. That's why you involve some of those other people. You're, you're hoping for reconciliation. You're hoping for peace. You're hoping for restoration. At the very least, you're avoiding creating little triangles and having things fester and having things get ugly. You've probably been a part of a relationship where things festered and got ugly. You know, there might be, going back to the school example, there might be somebody, they were your best friend for years until the first few days of the new school year and they said something that hurt your feelings and you never did, some triangles got made and you never were able to clear it up and, and that was the end of your friendship for the rest of your life. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. Some of you have avoided family at, uh, at family gatherings. You've, you've had all kinds of things that drama, you know, it, drama erupts, and you're just hoping to avoid the drama. But instead of dealing with the issue, having the courage to do what Jesus tells us to do and go and talk to them about it and hope for restoration, instead you've opted, instead of being a peacemaker, you've opted to be a peacekeeper and just said, I'll just keep the peace. I just won't make any waves. I'll just back away. And that's... It's sad, and unfortunately it can, I mean, it doesn't always even just, it's not always just sad. Sometimes it's, it's sick. Sometimes it, it wounds us, and we are, you know, the hurt just deepens, and it gets nasty. Uh, the, the antibiotic for that kind of infection is courageous confrontation, the, the willingness to enter into the conflict in a healthy way. So whether you're the person, that's, that's if you're the person that's hurt. Right? So someone has sinned against you. Someone has wronged you. Jesus says you don't just swallow that. You don't just bury that. You don't just forget about it. You don't go and tell all your closest friends about it. He says you go to the person. You try to, you try to straighten it out. 
And we'll talk more about some tips for that in just a minute. And hopefully you've won them back. If not, you involve some others. And if you need to, you involve even, even more. But you do whatever you can to try, to try to find peace, to try to restore that relationship. What if you're the one, though, that did the hurting? Uh, Jesus doesn't say, just wait around for them to, you know, come and confront you about it, right? If you're the one who did the hurting, Jesus says, well, you take the initiative there as well. You go and apologize. In Matthew chapter 5, he said, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I just mentioned this, I don't know, sometime in the last month or so uh, on a Sunday morning. As we were talking about how God cares more about our hearts than about our religion. You know, if you're in the middle of church service on Sunday morning and halfway through a song, you remember like, oh, man, I never did make that right. I, you know, that person's probably still ticked at me. You step out. You grab your phone. You send that text. You make that phone call. You, you know, if you get up in this service, I'm just going to trust that's what you're doing. I'm going to assume that's, that's what's happening, that you're trying to be obedient to Jesus here. It says, if you realize someone has something against you, you... You pause, you try to make that right, and then you can do your religious stuff. God will still be there <laughs> to receive your gift. So whether we're the one who was hurt or we're the one who did the hurting, if we're going to follow Jesus, he's saying we don't wait around. We, we take the initiative. We go and try to make things right. So here's, here's five quick things that, that might help with this, all right? And uh, you've got them there in your notes. I think I've got them on the screen. The first one is go to the person first. Is what we were just talking about. Go to the person first. Uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 9 says, When you and someone else can't get along, don't gossip about it. Just pretty plain, right? Don't go tell a whole bunch of other people. Don't build a coalition. Don't go looking for, you know, emotional support. Just talk to the person. Now, I, oh, I just said that don't go looking for emotional support. Uh, there are definitely times, especially when there's some kind of a power differential between the two people, you know, um, like if someone who's in charge of, of you, like your boss or someone, they do something, it's, it can be pretty challenging to like confront uphill, you know, you might need to get help for that, talk to HR or talk to, you know, you might need to find a friend who can, who can go with you to, to help with that. Ideally, you go one-on-one -on -one first, but if you really need help in order to you know, work toward resolution, then you get the help that you need, all right? Um, the thought that's been in my head, and I know I've heard this before, that like, um, that idea that when you're talking to somebody, think, okay, is this, is this person part of the solution? You know, are they going to help us move toward resolution here? If they're not, then it might just be I'm making the problem bigger. You know, so if you're talking to somebody about something going on, you know, are they part of the solution or are they just helping you to postpone what you know you need to do are they just helping you put off that uncomfortable conversation if that's all that's happening if you're just you know trying to get people to hear your side and to agree with your side before you ever talk to that other person you, that might be a problem all right go to the person first and number two don't delay don't delay uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. That's, he's quoting that, apparently. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He's saying, don't, don't put it off. I mean, have that conversation as quickly as you're able. 
as quickly as you know the other person can be ready to have it and as quickly as you're able to have that conversation, just go ahead and have it. Don't put it up. The longer you delay, does it get easier or harder? For you, in your experience, is it easier or harder if you've put it off for a while? It's harder for me. I'm just checking to see if that's, I'm just weird. Okay, I'm seeing a couple of you agree. All right, okay. Yeah, there have been times where I've like put it off and put it off and put it off. And then it's just like, well, now it's just going to be awkward, you know. You remember two years ago when we had that? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't remember two years ago. What are you talking about? You know, have the, have the conversation, you know. Go, go to them as quickly as you're able. That's what he says. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. You know, you're starting to give the devil a, a foothold to, to build some bitterness, to build some, some a chasm between you and especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ, you know, like, like a wedge being, being uh, forced into the, the body of Christ, that's an ugly thing. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. So do your best not to delay. Do your best. And, and I love that first part of that. He says you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. And sometimes that is uncomfortable. You know, I'm just, I know it's uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable when I do it. To have to say to somebody, you know, like, that really hurt, you know, when you said that. Or, um, I'm not sure if you realize this, but when you said such and such, that, that really was, uh, mm, that, that didn't feel good on my end to be the receiver of that. It's, it's not easy to have these conversations, but God can give us the courage to, to do what we need to do. And number three, this is hugely important, <laughs> is to stay humble, all right? Uh, Galatians chapter 6 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. We need to be humble. We need to be gentle. You, you better not get up on a high horse about, about it. When somebody has done you wrong and, you know, the temptation is for us to go like, oh, man, you get all kind of huffy to get all up in our, to, to be ready to charge in on our high horse. But here's the problem. You get on that high horse, it's going to be pretty easy to get knocked off, right, uh, or to fall off. And there have been plenty of times, and this is, I, I wanted to wait until now to say this. I, I wanted to say it earlier, but there have been plenty of times where I've gone to somebody and I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to be obedient, and it took some courage, and I, I bring up this, un, you know, this uncomfortable topic. And come to find out, wouldn't you know, I had, I had misheard him. I would misunderstood. It, like, it wasn't their fault at all. It was me. You know, I walked into that conversation with, with something in my head or whatever I was going on that, that led me to misinterpret what they had said or what they had done. And they're like, you know, I tell them about what happened. And they're like, uh, what did you think I said? And you tell them, and they're like, that's not what I said. <laughs> and they tell you what they said, and they're like, that's embarrassing. I'm so sorry. You know, we, be humble as you walk into these things. It, it could be that the whole thing was a misunderstanding. And that's when it gets so much sadder when we, when we don't trust Jesus enough to do what he called us to do. When it's just a total misunderstanding and that person wasn't even a jerk. And here I've got hard feelings and I'm talking about them behind their back to other people. And, and oh man, now I've sullied their character, I've poisoned other people against them, all because of something I misunderstood. Good grief. How sad. Go to them first. Don't delay. Stay humble. And number four, be ready to apologize. 
Whether you're the person, obviously, if you're the one who did the hurting, you're walking in with an apology right up front. You're you're walking in saying, hey, I I need to talk to you. I need to apologize to you. You know, I said this, I did this, I've, I shouldn't have done that. And you, you just apologize right away, you know. But even if, if you're the one who was hurt, be ready to apologize too. If you're the one that's, that's saying to someone else, you hurt me, or you, you did me wrong, or this wasn't right, be ready that, what, what Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? You know, you've got an issue, you've got a problem, you did this, you shouldn't have done this. When all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Use a ridiculous image just to help us see how ridiculous it looks sometimes to the other person. Like, whoa, you're coming at me, but you got the, what? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. First, apologize for your own, your own stuff. Walk into that conversation if you need to, saying like, hey, uh, we had a bad interaction the other day, and I'm... I'm not sure, I'm, I'm sure that I contributed to it. You know, I don't know what I said, but I'm sure I contributed to the problem here. It, it, it was ugly, and I, I want to make it right. You know, maybe something as simple as that can help get things rolling and can help them not feel on the defensive and can help move toward resolution. Be ready to apologize. It might be that you are aware of something they did to you, and they point out a plank. You're like, well, yeah, I said that to you. Yeah, I was a little short with you. It's because for the last three weeks you've been doing this, and it's been hurting me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sorry. Be ready to apologize. It's easier if you're staying humble, if you're not on a big high horse to get knocked off of. It's easier if you walk into the conversation, if you've not delayed, if you've gone to them first, if you don't have to say, oh, and I've talked to two or three people about this, I'm going to have to go, and I'm so sorry. And you, know, you have less to apologize for if you followed Jesus' directions. Be ready to apologize. And number five, be ready to forgive. In uh, in Colossians, the Apostle Paul says, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We're going to pray it in the Lord's Prayer in just a couple minutes here. We're in the middle of the prayer. we, We say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When someone trespasses against us, when they step on our property, they step on our toes, they hurt us in some way. Some translations say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, those who owe us because they wronged us. You know, yes, they're in our debt. We've got to be ready to forgive just like God has forgiven us. Be ready to forgive. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't going to be any boundaries going forward. That doesn't mean that you're going to just walk right into the relationship just as it was. It might be that they did something that you're going to have to redefine how the relationship is going to work going forward but you're forgiving you're not carrying ill will going forward you're being wise but you're but you're being compassionate you're being gracious you're forgiving them you're not you're not carrying ill will against them but it might be that you need some boundaries in place for their sake and for yours going forward so that you can have a healthy good relationship it's all and there's part of me feels like this is common sense stuff, right? But man, it's, it's a little uncommon. It's a whole lot easier for us to, to feel, you know, when we've been victimized, to, to go to someone else, to be our rescuer, to paint them as a persecutor, to, to start as many little triangles as we can, with as many people as we can, instead of having the courage to just go to them and, and see if we can make it right. Yes, we involve others when we need to. 
You know, if, we, if we're stuck and we can't, you know, if that conversation can't happen or they're just unwilling to listen or, or we know that they can't hear us unless we have someone that they trust and know involved in the conversation, yes, we, we do that. But only, only if we're stuck and only if they're going to be part of the solution, we, we move as quickly as we can towards some sort of, some sort of, of peace. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 18, and the Apostle Paul says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Now, again, that doesn't mean you're just a peacekeeper that you just kind of like brush it under the rug or don't mention it. Or, or it means that if it's possible, you know, as far as it depends on you, you've done what you can. You've gone to them. You've tried to make it right. You've been as humble as you can. You've been as gently and as kindly as you can. You, you tried not to delay as much as possible. You were as apologetic as you needed to be, owning your part of the thing, and you were ready to forgive, but if they're just not willing to move forward in a way that's healthy and good, well, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sometimes you do all that you can, and they're just not willing. And then you redefine the relationship, and you set up the boundaries, and you have no ill will toward them, and you pray for them. But you do all you can. And you, I mean, frankly, you just can't do any more. There are limits to, to what each of us can do. Now, I really wish I had put this in here. At one point, this wasn't here, and I must have taken it out on accident. But if you want to look it up later in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, I might have put it on the screen. I don't know. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is, this is Jesus himself in the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, talking about people who are blessed, people who, who have God on their side. People who might not look to everyone else like they do. He blesses the meek and the downtrodden, the, the poor. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. They are doing the work of God. When you do the hard work of making peace, you're doing God's work. It's not comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for God to make peace. But he was willing to do it. There's a whole bunch of little tips I put in your notes that you can read later if you want. I'm just going to mention the very first one, and that's to talk to God before talking to the person. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> talk to God first. and Say, God, you know I don't really want to have this conversation, but, I, but I, you tell me that I need to. You tell me that the only way forward is to have this uncomfortable conversation. And, and God, because, God, you want peace. You want your brother, you want your kids to live at peace with each other. So God, give me wisdom. God, give me, give me the right words to say. Help them to be in the right frame to receive it. Help this conversation to go well. Because God, I, I, I really do want peace. I want to be your child. I want to be a peacemaker. This can be good not just for us, not just for our families, not just for our, our schools. This can be good for the world. If those of us who follow Jesus are willing to trust him, that he actually knows what he's talking about here. That Jesus, do you think he might have a clue? Do you think Jesus might know something about human nature and what it means for human society to work well? I think it works better if we do life the way Jesus taught us to. Doesn't make it easy. That makes it good. Let's bow our heads and let's pray before we celebrate communion together. Thank you, God. That out of love for us, you were willing to do the hard work of reconciliation. You were, you were willing to come to us, <laughs> confront us in our sin. And, and then you did the work necessary. 
so that we could be reconciled to you, to our Heavenly Father, to the God who loves us. Would you help us to live in this world as your kids, willing to do the hard thing, to have the hard conversation? God, keep us, keep us humble. Keep us gentle. Keep us mindful of all that you have forgiven us of and still will. It might be us next time that's being confronted. But God, would you help us to be led by your Holy Spirit into conversations that can help bring healing and wholeness to relationships, to families, to neighborhoods, to schools, to workplaces, to the world. You are good, God. And we are so grateful. You have, hmm, you have confidence in us that we are able to do this with your help. So would you give us the courage that we need to trust you, to obey you, to live the life you created us to live. Thank you, God. Thank you for this great love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, and for the, the sacrament we get to celebrate today. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. As we remember the great price that was paid to set us free from sin, to set us free from this slavery, from this fear, God, you, your desire is to wash us clean and to lead us in a good life. So would you help us to live the life you have created us for and redeemed us for? God, today we offer you ourselves, as broken as we can be. Would you forgive our sins? Would you give us courage in place of fear? Would you wash us and make us clean? Would you... Would you change us from the inside out by your Holy Spirit at work within us? Transform us, God, so that as we live in this world, we might live as the body of Christ, as your hands, as your feet, as the carriers of your grace and love. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, the high sides are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, I'm going to be standing down here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. I see some of you already using the hand sanitizer. That's fantastic. Uh, now, this basket has got some little pieces of pita bread in it. It's got the little gluten-free wafers, and it's got the little cups in it. So if you want to come forward and receive a cup and then go back and, and eat the wafer and drink it on your own, you can. If you don't feel comfortable coming forward and joining us at this table, then on the tables are those little cups and wafers. And you can, you can celebrate communion right there at your table if, if you'd prefer to do that while we sing. And let's celebrate.
This is open to all of us saying yes to Jesus today. Let's give him thanks for his amazing grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, again, for the amazing love you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, our king, our prince of peace. Would you help us, God, to live as your kids in the world this week, led by your Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of Christ, allowing your grace and your love to flow through us to everyone that we meet. God, especially we pray today for parents and teachers and those who work in the schools and for students who are beginning this new school year. God, we pray that you would help them to have a wonderful start to the school year with all the tensions and all the transitions and all the things that are going on, God. Would you please just help this time to be good? Would you help people to be gracious? Would you help people to be kind? And God, would you help us as your kids to lead the way in that? Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.